Welcome, everyone, to another Slab Stocks podcast. I am Aaron, your host, joined by my co-host, Nate. And we are back with another podcast together. Um, we know that they do not happen as frequently anymore, but it's also because we are able to give way more information on our personal podcasts that we specialize in. And hopefully those help you guys a lot along the way. Um, today is Friday, so we just want to bring out a quick, fun podcast highlighting three events throughout the week that we think were important and give some quick thoughts on it. And then Nate has something else he wants to talk about later. Um, uh, we'll start with, we'll start with the breaking news. Okay. Uh, Cubs nearing deal with Steven Souza. Would just like to throw out a congratulations to the Cubs on signing their first free agent of the entire off season on January 24th. Just wild. They're so, <laughs> they're going to be so bad this year. I love it. What what's going on with Chris Bryant? I haven't heard anything else. Yeah, he's not getting traded. All right. I well, doubt I doubt he gets traded anyways. So they have David Ross at manager now? Yep. Well, I hope that they are bad. That would be fun to see. Yeah, signed a signed a manager, didn't sign a, a player until the twenty fourth. And it was <laughs> Steven Souza who tore his ACL, MCL, PCL, and something else in his knee last spring training. He got injured last spring training? Yeah, tore everything in his knee. Wait, that's right. What team was he on? Diamondbacks. Oh. I You'll do. remember him because he was part of that trade that sent uh, uh, Trey Turner to the Nationals. Oh, yep. You're right. Well, there's Nate's breaking news. Cubs finally did something. Granted, it took the Brewers to do something for a while. However, they've done many things in a small amount of time as of like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, a little bit longer than that, but yeah, they did everything oh, yeah. in like one week. Yeah, it, it was just a hodgepodge of moves that came out. Yep. Um, moving away from baseball into uh, basketball because that is the season we're in. Nate, you want to start with your uh, absolute terribly ran basketball program over at Kansas and talk about what went on? That was Tuesday night. They say Bill Self has lack of institutional control over Kansas, and uh, I disagreed. But then after Tuesday night and you rack your brain with everything else that has happened over the years with players getting in trouble, and I'm beginning to understand where the NCAA may have come from. I still love Bill Self. still think he's an amazing coach. But there is a bit of a worrisome signs, and that did not end Tuesday night with the fight between Kansas and Kansas State. Uh, one thing I'll add is that Kansas State is trash, always been trash. Um, and they started it. They stole the ball with five seconds left, which is fine. Played at the buzzer. I don't care. The player got just absolutely demolished by Silvio D'Souza. And then Silvio D'Souza stood over him, taunting him, which is fine. You steal the ball. You try to score with five seconds left. You get demolished. You just you take, you take it like a man. But Kansas State did not take it like a man. Their entire bunch ran up to Silvio D'Souza and escalated the situation at which point D'Souza and some random dude off the bench got into a fight and were throwing fists, and D'Souza picked up a uh, stool and all that stuff that I'm sure all of you have seen. It's just weird to me. Well, st for starters, there was suspensions. Uh, D'Souza got 12 games. David McCormick got two games. Uh, James Love on Kansas State got eight games, and Antonio Gordon got three games. Um, it's wild to me that – Everyone on the internet 
is treating it like it's Kansas's fault that this happened. Wouldn't you agree? I have so little thoughts on this. It's not even funny. I just w- liked watching the videos because I thought it was super intense. But other than that, I, I, I guess that my one thought is nasty block, super sick block. Oh yeah. You don't gotta go and stand over him for like six seconds. Also, I mean, you don't sure. have to. You don't have to do that. But also, Kansas State a little too far to clear a bench in like a second off of that, and then start throwing punches. Like I don't know what that was about. That yeah. was so like, it's like, like everyone's, everyone's treating it like it's Kansas's fault somehow, and they're like Kansas State did nothing wrong. When no. clearly it was at least fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not. I think that there was some instigation and then there was massive escalation and then there was just like a little too far with picking up a stool. Um, but it's just a bad situation. Yeah. I don't it, like a game ends. You lost by 20, just like, you know, you don't got to go and just go and fight people. I guess. Like The nice thing is none of these players are going to be like uh, guys that we're focused on in the future for prison uh, cards. So yeah won't have any lingering effect on the hobby. Yeah, because none of those dudes are going to play on the NBA team, most likely. Correct. Because all Kansas trades are, are trash anyways. Uh, excuse you? You love Devontae Graham just as much as I do. Uh, I know, I'm just messing around. <laughs> okay, moving on from something that really has no implications on the card market, since that's what you guys are here for. Next is Wednesday night, the day after. Zion Mania debuted, and for th- and for three quarters... We were just watching a guy just kind of jog up and down a court, get a couple touches, throw a couple passes, get a get in a little rebound action. But fourth quarter madness, three minute stretch, seventeen straight points, uh, four three pointers in a row, an alley oop that Demar Derozan contested heavily, and I really wish he would have dunked it because that would have been crazy. But if he just had like a little less pressure from Derozan, that would have been a throwdown for sure. And it was it was wild. I've never seen anything like it. Um, it was the perfect explosion for the moment because everyone in the card market, or at least you know in sports, even in general, were tuning into the game. It's the most hype prospect in 17 years now since LeBron James. And the fourth quarter did not disappoint in the slightest. Um, got yeah. it under best got, couple minutes of my life. Yeah, after watching. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to see like Clay Thompson's live. So, oh, that are you saying that that twenty-seven point quarter or whatever? 37, 37. 37, yeah. Just, and I the, didn't get to see Trace McGrady's thirteen or thirteen points in thirty like 30, thirty seconds, or Reggie Miller's nine and seven seconds, or whatever that was. Well, either way, it it was it was the perfect moment for his debut, and he ended with twenty-two points, eight of eleven shooting, four threes, four four for four from three, and then eight rebounds. So, or seven, I think it's seven rebounds. Um. um Quite a debut. I was talking to Sam before this, and we had some had some thoughts. Yeah, one shot is very flat. Oh yeah, no, no, for sure, his shot's flat. It's but it's, but he wasn't jumping, and it seemed like that was the thing that you know made it consistent. Yeah, uh, less moving parts, but you know when he gets up on him, that thing's going to get blocked all day. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. I it's it. He's not a jump shooter. I think that, you know, obviously, let's just say it's some, some rando tunes in the game. Like, oh, man, Zion's a super good shooter. Any, anyone that has watched him play, he's not a jump shooter. Yeah. Um, it also makes sense that his physical capabilities were not at 100%. So, no, he so he's very slow. Yeah. Like, very out of shape. Okay, I'll tell you this much. While he might have looked out of shape in 
let's say jogging up and down the court or hustling after some balls, whatever it might have been, he still has one of the most explosive first steps I have ever seen. When he catches a ball on the block, his his movement down there is so quick, it's insane. I, 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 I it's insane. How was his How was his boxing out? Was that insane too? Well, see, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about his first step. Just kidding. <laughs> that was the one other thing that we mentioned was that he just he had one really really nice rebound where he rose up behind uh, Pertle or Pertle, whatever his name was. Yeah, Jacob Pertle or yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob. We call him Jacob. Yeah. Um, uh, he rose up from behind him and snagged that rebound from his clutches, and it was very nice, but. It was because he wasn't boxing out anybody. And also, if somebody drove at him, they were getting right around him. Yeah. No, there was I, some good and some bad. Did, but it was amazing. No, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it was the perfect debut. It was, far, it was far from it. But there was some extremely exciting moments. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. And with that, if you were tracking his prison base rookie over the last month, those came out early December, late November, somewhere in that range. They were selling around 50 bucks, like two weeks ago consistently in auction the guy's low is 35 to 40 towards the end of december middle of december but they went from around 50 to around 100 in 10 days and they have now cooled off to around 85 um off 15 dollars from that 100 that they were topping i know at one auction went for like 125 the night of um, which was the high sale but because of how low the psa population report is right now because of how long PSA takes to turn cards around. Realistically, what takes so long is them to just log them in the system because they're so backed up with shipments. Those PSA 10 base cards are worth $415 and around $400, $415 because of the lack and lack of circulation of them right now. Hmm. Um, It's I okay. I'm just gonna say this right now. If you're gonna buy a Zion card, do not buy a Zion base PSA 10 because yeah, maybe it goes up to 500 if he drops another 25, whatever. But my point is, is that so many more will come out. They cannot sustain a $450 price tag if it's at the same level of what he's doing now. And that was like one of the most hyped up debuts, fourth quarters I've seen. So like prices exploded. So they're probably even a little high right now from that. So I would recommend not buying those. I would agree. Well, I think that's enough for Zion. Next on the list is, and actually next and last on the list, because there is a Bucks game that's about to get played here in Paris that we want to watch. But yep. we had the All-Stars announce the starters in the NBA yesterday. I think that they were pretty obvious, aside from a guard pick in the East that was up in the air. You're talking Kemba? I'm talking Kemba, yeah. But I'm not saying he wasn't deserving. I'm just saying that it was. there's just like a lot of those, like, mid-range guard play in the in the east versus in the west you clearly had Luca and James Harden um in the east you had Trey Young and Kemba Walker at the guard spots would you have picked someone other than Kemba I think that you'd probably keep Trey I, I don't know what your exact thoughts are on that but I think you'd probably keep Trey in there I think Kemba's fine I mean think about the guards in the east I mean it's Bradley Beal and Kyle Lowry the other two right like yeah there's so many guards in the west there's not that many guards in the east bradley bill's been injured yeah harry's been injured kyle lowry is a guy i've never really liked so it's like yeah i mean i i'm fine i'm fine with kemba i i'm fine with him it's Fred just it, Lee maybe should have been <laughs> kemba, i don't know dude he's been really good yeah um, um well, i have a question for you yeah okay so if you were to take 
a starting five, would you choose Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Giannis, Embiid, Siakam, or Doncic, Harden, LeBron, Davis, and Len- or Leonard and Leonard? I think that it's clear where you're going with the talent. You're clearly going with the West. Yeah, the talent on the West. It, now, it's, let, it's me ask you a second, let me ask you a second question. Who do you think is going to try harder? See, that's the, the, the interesting thing here is that a lot of the players on the, on the West are semi-similar in their games. Like, I'm not saying that they're all the same, but they're all kind of those ball-dominant players that, you know, like on the East, you can easily put the ball in Giannis's hands and have these other dudes work off of him to where mm-hmm. they could make it, a, make it a game, like a really good game, or even win. Well, well, what I'm trying to get at is that Giannis always tries hard. Well, of course, yeah. Embiid tries hard. Siakam seems like he might try hard. Yeah, but uh, I guess Kemba probably maybe not as much. Trey Young's young, probably will try hard. Yeah. Uh, you can be uber talented in the All Star game, and as long as the other team's trying really hard, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, exactly. I I I like that. Also, I think that you look at the West and you're like. You know, you got four of the top five MVP, MVP candidates over there mm-hmm. um, with with Luca, AD, LeBron, and Harden, and then you have Giannis in the East. That's obviously leading it. Um, but that East team is a lot better than I think people are giving credit for. Like a front court of Embiid, Siakam, and Giannis is insane. Like that that is a very large, very long, oh, very, very long, yeah. very, very, very good front court. I, I mean, you have in my opinion, in your opinion, two of the best players in the NBA, in Giannis. And then you have a center in Embiid who is probably the most dominant center in the NBA. <laughs> I guess that you could go with Anthony Davis if you put him in that category. Um, and then you have Siakam, who I just think is extremely underrated and could complement Giannis and then, on the court. And then you get that backcourt of Kemba Walker and Trey Young who are supposed to cover Luka and James Harden. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think about that. Oh, goes both ways. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's going to be exciting. I think you know. I know a lot of people who aren't like diehard NBA fans who really like to track players because there's there's two types of NBA fans. I think and there's guys that just love to track players and and stats and all that stuff, and there's just people like like a team who really don't care about all the other players. They're like, oh, stream stupid, you know. But like mm-hmm. for the people that are into the players, I think this will be pretty good. I mean, there's so much talent on the court, like always. But I think the reserves is going to be interesting to see. Um, I was reading an article from Zach Lowe, um, ESPN, about his reserve picks. And he had Chris Middleton as a lock um, for reserve, which would be cool to see. I could get on board with that. (laughs) Yeah, two two straight years would be nice. Um, And then I think that one of the – what was going on? It was something – it was like – Omitted Carl Towns and one other Western Conference player who would normally make it, but because of injuries, they weren't going to make it and then put in Booker and someone else. So I think this year, like you're going to see like Towns, he might miss it because one, he's been injured a lot. And two, the Wolves have been terrible even with him playing because the Wolves team is so bad. If you look at that lineup, the, it's so bad. The bench is terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, a just, terrible team. it's just so bad. It's a terrible team in which they – should have done moves to get out of some of that money to get better players in, and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, Towns is still obviously a top 10 offensive player in the NBA. He dropped 40 points the other night, after, like second game off of injury, but not much you can do when your team is just terrible. Like, it's the same thing with Trey Young. Trey Young is an all star starter, but that team is so bad. I mean, they're also very young. So, 
but they're yeah, and yeah, they're the, talent. I it's, mean, it's, it's a totally Carlin's different situation. As Robert Covington. Well, Covington's been really bad. Jeff Teague. Well, Jeff Teague's traded, but yeah. Wiggins. Wait, um, Jeff Teague's been traded. Yeah, he went. He got traded to the Hawks. When did I miss that? That's like last week. Sam talked about it on this podcast. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm out of touch. <laughs> yeah, they traded for Alan Crabb. Trade really? Trey Trey Graham and uh, Jeff Teague for Alan Crabb. It's like a salary swap, and they're both expiring at the end of this year. Oh, so maybe the Hawks tr- traded back for Jeff Teague. Yeah, um, but but I agree. The Hawks obviously have a bright future. It's much different than the Wolves situation, but just the fact that their team is eleven and thirty-four. Card value implications on this All Star game. Realistically, there's really not much because all these ten players are starters. Obviously, they're going to be starters. Um, where you could see some interesting things come into play is when you get a couple of those reserve guys making all-star teams for the first year, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, guys like that. Um, not saying the cards are going to explode by any means because they're named all-star reserve. Mm-hmm. However, you might be able to see some small increase, like Adebayo silver from 35 to 45, for, or maybe to 40 bucks, something like that. Just a little bit more demand out there. Or maybe maybe Siakam getting his name back out there again. Oh. True. That that's actually huge. I know that Sam talked about Siakam extensively uh, two days ago on the podcast. So if you want to hear more about Siakam, go listen to Wednesday's podcast. Uh, Nate, you got any more thoughts on the All Star game? Otherwise, I'll wrap up with something here. Yeah, I'm excited for it. That's all I got. I'm more excited for the All Star game than the uh, slam dunk contest, considering Dwight Howard's in that. Yeah. What the heck? I don't really need to spend much time on that. But why do we need to get like a middle aged Dwight Howard? Yeah. Uh, out on the dunk contest it's, when you when you want exciting young players yep but whatever well, yep is what it is uh, i know Derek jones jr is back in and he's got massive hops so that should be exciting um i know john moran turned it down and i doubt that zion williamson is going to even consider after that knee injury so chance. yeah exactly but would be exciting to see that i'll tell you that much <laughs> um to wrap up here as always we this is actually the end of the week so there will be no more podcasts coming out saturday or sunday Look out for podcasts next week. If you guys are interested in receiving two emails a day with an investment newsletter, one in the morning is an auction report of auctions ending that day on eBay. And then the next is a buy now or best offer report. We switch it up between some high end and some under $100, mostly in the $25 to $75 range uh, in those reports. But we give reasons for for different investments and, and give some write-ups and some some different things you guys can learn and figure out how to navigate the sports card market since coming into it for the first time it is very tricky if you don't have any experience so it's a very easy way to receive direct investment targets and advice and uh implications and such like that and how things are changing the market to your email um to a day very easy to sign up you can either go to slabstocks.com and then put your email on the top or you can go to our instagram page and hit the link in the bio if you are a frequenter to our Instagram page. Um, with that, that's all I got. I know Nate just said he's excited for the All-Star game, as am I. It is the end of the week. We hope you guys have a tremendous Friday, um, as will we. We are very excited to go and watch this Bucks game right now that is being played in Paris. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys next time.